Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. So the title of my message was given to me is Handling the Supernatural in Our Personal Lives. There won't be much up there, and can I just explain why? I thought I'm going to be really clever. I'm normally a paper and pen man. I thought I'd do my sermon on this thing. Excellent. Did it all, divided it into pages and thought, right, I'll email that across. And for some reason, this will not send any emails. I've got a shed load in the outbox, but that's as far as they're going. So these poor guys have been unable, because of of technology, I'm going to blame something else or someone else. But, so no no star show behind me, but I know God's going to speak to us this morning. Um, I want to try and build on what Neil started last week. Can I say, if you've missed that... The podcast and notes are available, and I would thoroughly recommend, because Neil didn't cover everything that he's got in his notes, and there is some riches there, so they are available. Make that known, and we will make sure that you get it okay. Can I recommend a couple of books that have inspired me very much? One is a book called Sustainable Power by a man called Simon Holly, and um, this book has, has shredded me, I have to say. Um, When you read it through, this is about a pastor's journey into seeing the miraculous, the supernatural, and taking his church with him. Some of the difficulties, the challenges, the things they had to do right and differently in order to get there. Very good, very, very inspiring book. And the second one I haven't read um, fully yet, but this is called The Ten Second Rule. Can I encourage you to get hold of that one as well? It takes a little bit more than ten seconds to get through it, but it is life-changing, I tell you. And the third book, of course, the most important book, is this one here. I mean that absolutely seriously. Okay, those take no substitute for this book here. This is the word of life, the living word. This will sustain you. This is the absolute truth. The absolute truth. I want to re-emphasize that. Hallelujah. I just want to say that for most of us, supernatural is not the norm. I'm sure many of you would agree with me on that one. You know, the Lord's Prayer says this at the beginning, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I think we need to see more of the kingdom of God coming in our lives. But we're going to come back to the Lord's Prayer a little bit later on. Two things I want to say to to sort of build a platform, if you like. I think there are two things that are very, very important if we are going to see this Christian life through. And if we haven't got both of these, we can go off track. The first one is to have a love for the Word of God. To read it, to memorize it, to meditate on it, to do it. That is the first, that's the one side of the railway track. And the second side is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And if you do both of those things, you will stay on track. If you have just one, you will be derailed. You can become all full of knowledge from the Bible, but have no love, no power of God in your life. So I just wanted to say that. Now we're going to get to today's message. Is that okay? The power of God resides in the relationship. Jesus said in, in um, John 8, verse 47, He that belongs to God hears what God says. Can we say that together? He that belongs to God hears what God says. Let's say it again, because I know it's a bit technical. He that belongs to God hears 
what God says. Jesus also said, oh, let me just say, the voice of God is in every one of us who is born again. Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says this, no eye has seen or ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us by his Holy Spirit. So there's the truth. That's what should be the norm. He that belongs to God hears what God says. I'm not too many amens at the moment, but we're going to work on it through this morning, okay? He that belongs to God. So if you know that you belong to God, you and I need to be hearing what God says need to be certain about what he's impressing on us and those kind of things. But I just want to highlight a few things that, some, that, that can stop us or prevent us from living in this truth. So we're going to go through a little bit of an examination this morning, maybe a little bit of surgery. The Bible describes about the word of God cutting and dividing and doing stuff in us. So I hope you're ready for that and open for that. 2 Corinthians 2.11, speaking of Satan, that we are not to be unaware of his schemes. A different translation says, don't be ignorant of his devices. And you know, we as Christians sometimes are very ignorant of the things that the enemy will use to try and prevent us from living in the fullness, the supernatural life that God wants us to. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, be self-controlled and alert, for your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. What are some of the enemy's weapons or tactics that he will try and keep from us? Now, there are lots, friends, and I am really just giving you a little snapshot of what I think was we needed to hear this morning. Firstly, distraction, unbelief, unforgiveness, sin, and even religion, dare I say it, can keep us. There's going to be a lot of scripture here this morning and I believe the Bible can speak for itself. And I'm going to read through um, passages of scripture that, that um, highlight those things. First of all, distraction. A story we know so well about Martha and Mary. Um, in Luke 10, 38, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Does this ring any bells for anybody here? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. The second one, unbelief. Romans 11 verse 4. Without faith it is impossible to please God. There's a lovely story about the disciples when Jesus um, said to them, right, we're going to go over to the other side of the lake now, guys. Hop into the boat and let's go. And the Bible talks about that he fell asleep. And this really big storm blew up. And they're all fearful for their life. And then they go up to him and I can imagine they shook him. Come on, Jesus, you've got to wake up. We're all going to drown. 
And after he rebuked the storm, he said to them, where is your faith? A little gentle rebuke, like you could have sorted this out and left me to sleep. He rebuked their lack. And then the other um, scripture to do with this is um, after the resurrection, when Jesus came back to see the disciples, it says he rebuked some of them for their lack of faith and and stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him. Unforgiveness. Fairly obvious one, this, but I know that some people, for some people, this is much more difficult than others. You know, the story about the unforgiving servant, how that he'd been forgiven much, but refused to forgive the person who owed him so little. And Jesus said, unless you forgive your brother from your heart, you will be turned over to the jailers and tormented. Now, that's not a nice verse, but friends, this is truth, and truth will stand. Anger, Ephesians 4 verse 26 goes on, says, Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Now we know that Jesus got angry, but it didn't lead the devil to getting a foothold in that. So there must be a a wrong anger and an anger that's okay, mustn't there? We're going to come to the good news in a minute, folks, if you just stick with me. Okay, is that all right? You will go home challenged and happy by the grace of God. And religion. The church at Galatia, in the Galatians, uh, book of Galatians, you can read this, that Paul says to them, he says, Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal through human effort? And in Galatians 4 verse 9, a challenging verse, it says this, How is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable principles again? Another translation says, how can you turn back to those weak and beggarly elementary spirits whose slaves you once were? And let me tell you, friends, religion can enslave you. It really can. And it will rob you. It'll look all right and good on the outside, but it will rob you of the life that God wants for you. I'm just going to zoom through these. So the answer, what about distraction? I know this isn't relevant to anybody here. I'm sure it isn't. But let me tell you, distraction was really laid heavy on my heart when I came to preparing this message. And this story of Martha and Mary, I just want to dwell for a few moments on. You know, the preparations, very specific in the story, the preparations had to be made. It wasn't like they weren't necessary. Okay? They had to be made. But Jesus said that Mary chose the better part. And you know, some things that can distract us, like I say, this is for me, I know it's not for any of you, but can be things like social media. If you can't say amen, you can say ouch, okay? (laughs) Now, I'm not knocking social media and Facebook and that kind of thing. I think it's a fantastic tool. But it is also a big distraction. Or it can be. Well, I've only got Sim and Lottie agreeing with me so far. Maybe nobody else does Facebook here. Friends, we need to take a good, honest look at ourselves and say, do you know what? Is this good for me? Is this what I really should be doing? Is it really needful? Okay? Our son, Ben, when he did a Bible course in America about three years ago, as part of that training course, 
And what he had to submit to was he had to fast from any kind of social media for three months during that. We thought, crumbs, how are we going to communicate? <laughs> but that was what they were required to do in order to fulfill what was needed. And you know what? He saw for himself how much of a hold and a grip that it, that had had on his life. He still does it, but very little now. But for some of us here, and I've been in this position myself, I'm having to choose and say, do you know what? That might be nice to know what so-and-so's having for lunch or that they're just off to bed now. <laughs> but I don't need to know that. I honestly don't. Okay? Now, please don't think I'm belittling or saying those things aren't important to you. But friends, if they're distracting me from spending time in God's Word or in prayer or on caring for other people, then it can't be right. It really can't. And I think we need to ask God to help us to be discerning about what distracts us. I've just used social media because that is something. I'm having to do it at work. Sometimes the kind of job I do, some people, what some people might deem as an emergency, actually isn't. And so I'm having to talk through it maybe sometimes when someone rings me up and says, do you know what, I think that's going to wait till Monday morning and I'll pop over then and see you rather than dropping everything now. Now that's been really difficult, but I'm asking God to help me to be discerning so that I'm not just running around after things, okay? Now we're not blaming people, but that's one of the enemy's tactics. If he can keep you from God's word, he's very, very happy. Thank you very much. Amen. Secondly, unbelief. I believe it's important to regularly spend time in God's word, to have a quiet time. I think it's crucial. I don't think you can survive without it, without being very um, determined and whatever, no matter what the circumstances are. And I know what the difficulty is of having three kids. You think, I'm going to get up before they get up, and they decide to get up before you get up, and all of a sudden the quiet time goes a little bit awry. So I know how difficult this can be. But friends, this needs to be a real thing that we determine to do, that we regularly spend time. A couple of verses for you. Psalm 5, verse 3. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you, and I wait in expectation. Psalm 59, 16. I will sing of your strength in the morning. I will sing of your love, for you are my fortress, my refuge, like Hannah was telling us about earlier on, in times of trouble. Psalm 143, verse 8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. You see, we need to know the truth. We need to be reading God's word and knowing the truth and allowing time for God to speak to us. Hallelujah. It's good to speak out the word of God as well. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. With the heart we believe, with the mouth we confess unto salvation. You know, we need to be a little bit more vocal in our believing of God's word and in our quiet time. Lord, I thank you. Psalm 91, I think it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my strength in times of trouble. Hallelujah. You know, it's not wrong to talk to yourself. I know many of you do it already and you're a little bit ashamed about that. You think, oh, I'm not sure I want anyone to know. But you know, the psalmist himself, he says, Come on, soul, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. He says, come on. He began to talk to himself. Faith coming. Amen? Yes. Amen. 
Thank you. Some of you, come on. It's good to talk to yourself. Confess the word of God, what it says about you, what it says about your circumstances, what it says about the greatness of God able to be over your circumstances and to help you through them. Amen. Hallelujah. Unforgiveness. Just a few moments on this. I just want to say that it's a big difference between saying, I can't and I won't. Okay? I know realistically some things that have happened to us are very, very difficult, very painful, and leave us finding it very difficult to forgive another person or a situation. Let me tell you, friends, it's diff- much different saying I can't to I won't. When we fold our hands and say I will never forgive that person, a hardness will come over our soul, our spirit, And we will always be the losers and that will separate us from the goodness of God every time. And if you find yourself in that position this morning, I can't, but I want someone to help me. Then why don't you come up for prayer at the end or make yourself known so that somebody can try and help you through that and you can be released in that way. Sin. Let me just say I'm talking about willful sin here. We all make mistakes. We all sin. And so it's not just every single mistake that will keep us from God, but it's willfully when we're doing something that we know we shouldn't be doing. Let me just say, sin is deceitful. And you might think to yourself, well, I'm not deceived. I know exactly what I'm doing. Hebrews 3 verse 13 says this, Encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You know, you can get to believe that what you're doing is right when it is absolutely wrong. I'm going to repeat that again. You can get to believe that what you're doing is right when it's absolutely wrong. And that's why it's important to be around fellow Christians, be reading God's word, who can lovingly point out and say, do you know what, I don't know quite why you're doing that, but do you realise it's not helpful? Yeah, So that's the kind of sin I'm talking about there. And the good news, 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Um, Religion. Well, stay connected. We're trusting in Christ as our salvation, as as our righteousness. Um. And, and when we start to trust in, in systems and like the in human effort, then we can go a little bit awry and miss, miss what Christ has already done for us and our position that we have in Christ. There's a lovely phrase in the Lord's Prayer that I find myself praying very, very often. And it says this in, in 6.13. It says, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And you know, the real, I've done a sermon on this, uh, the whole Lord's Prayer, and there's so much more meaning to it than you read on the face. But that phrase literally means, Lord, you know how prone I am to going astray and doing my own thing. Would you deliver me from it? And I honestly do. I find myself on my knees so often saying, God, help me. I want to stay on path. I want to stay true to you. Because I know how weak and frail 
and how easy it is to go off track. And you know what? He's always there. Hallelujah. No temptation has overcome you, but such as is common to man. And he would give you the grace to stand up under it. Hallelujah. Lord, you know how weak I am. Keep me true to you, first and foremost. Hallelujah. Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13 says this, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. That literally means work out what God is working in you. In other words, when he's speaking to you, respond to it and say, right, I'm going to do that thing now. And that's what it literally means. It doesn't mean try and work it out in your head, but let God's work work out of you. Hallelujah. And just to finish off with here, Paul, the apostle, lived a supernatural life. He had credentials coming out of his ears, more so than any one of us. But do you know what? He prayed a beautiful, or he said a beautiful thing right towards the end of his life. In Philippians 3.10, he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. You see, Paul knew that whatever had gone on before, all the education he'd had, all of the accolade he had, even his former walk, with Jesus by this stage, which had been many years, he still wanted, Christ, I want to know you. You're the one I really want to know. I hope that's your desire today as well, that I may share in the resurrection power, whatever that price may be. I said at the beginning, you know, the power of God resides in a relationship. And God's power, this supernatural power, will be a natural outworking of our relationship with him. And if you find yourself this morning, that's not the life I'm living, but I want someone to pray with me. I want to some of those aspects that Dick has highlighted or some other aspect of what we've heard about this morning. There will be people who'd love to pray with you and help you in whatever way is appropriate uh, who will be hanging around the front here at the end of the meeting to pray for you. I know there's a lot going on, but can I implore you, if you know God's spoken to you, would you respond to that first and foremost? I've got one last thing to share. That as I was preparing for this, I kept having a, I'm going to call it an impression, that, that may be relevant to someone here or more than one. And it was the picture of the armour of God <clears throat> on top, you know, as we often see in a picture, on top of this big, strong soldier. But the picture I saw was actually of quite a scrawny person with this armour on them. And it was actually that, that, that maybe some of us, some of you don't see yourself as worthy of God's armour. Because all you see is this scrawny, weak person who's always failing. But I want to tell you today that God's armour is for every believer, no matter what you, how you see yourself as. Amen? If that's you, and you think, cool, yeah, that speaks to me, I want someone to pray with me, then you come on down here and just see God release you into all that he's got for you. Is that okay? 
Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray and then just hand over to these guys to finish. Lord, thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word is life. Thank you for everything that is rightfully ours, legally ours, as born-again believers. And Lord, for every person here, any one of us who is living less than you intended, we just pray and call on you now to help us, Lord, to walk into your purposes, to walk into the reality of our victorious life in you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.